to Adoption, Fostering and Tea from the UK's LGBTQ plus adoption and fostering charity, New Family Social. Find us at newfamilysocial.org.uk. I'm Tor and this week I'm going to be having a cup of tea with Michael and Matthew and talking about adopting two children in fairly quick succession. Hi both of you, how are you? Hi, we're both great, thank you. How are you? Yeah, absolutely fine. Thank you. Quite warm. I've got the windows open, so I hope it's not too noisy. We'll see how it goes. Um, thank you so much for joining me. I was really interested to chat to you both because one of the things um, that I know that you were saying was that you thought about adoption and didn't really think about other routes. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. The adoption kind of journey was always something that we wanted to uh, process with all the way along the kind of lines from when we started to decide that we wanted to become a, a bigger family. That was where we wanted to go with it. Had you heard much about it before that? Yes, my brother has actually adopted. He's got uh, two little girls and we had the experience, his experience uh, through that. So we did have a, a fair idea of of the complexities involved and what was required and some points where we knew we may be delayed and things like that. So we knew it was going to be a long process, but we knew what the outcome would be also. That sounds like you actually probably had a better insight than a lot of people do when they arrive at it, because I guess, you know, lots of people are aware of adoption as a thing, but haven't really had that close insight into it. Did your family give you advice or um, any thoughts, you know, from from their perspective when you said that you were considering it? Yes, they did. Yeah, they, uh, we spoke quite a lot with my brother and his partner and and got to know their their view on the whole process. They themselves had actually had a quite a difficult adoption process. Right. They had quite a few delays in theirs, and they'd actually gone down the route of fostering to adopt, which was one of our options. And after knowing what they went through and the kind of up in the air side of it, there was a point where they didn't know whether after the, their little girl had moved in, whether she was actually going to stay with them. So that uncertainty steered us away from fostering to adopt and knew that we wanted to go straight into just adoption when there was a full placement order in place. Yeah, it's, it's, I can understand why you did that with that uncertainty hanging over it. And I guess for them, having lived that and being able to say to you, look, it was really hard, then, you know, it sounds like that really shaped your decision. So... Um, did you have any concerns about whether you would be approved or not before you applied, you know, right back in those early days? I don't think we ever had any worries, really. It was just about the not knowing what the process was going to be for a while, as in, like, what they were going to ask, what they were going to check. We knew there was going to be a lot of kind of information taken, but we just weren't aware of how much it was going to be. But we, we didn't have any worries about it. I mean, that's quite good that you sort of... You know, were reasonably confident about it. Were you worried about how intrusive it might be? When the process started, we had two two social workers appointed to us, and they were really good at easing our fears and making us feel at home. We had quite a lot of one to one visits with them, so they explained the full process from start to finish, and and that put us at ease. So by the time that they come to actually asking these intrusive questions <laughs> trying to get us to know us a, a bit better and a bit in depth we, we were already prepared for that really and by that time we'd become close to them so it was more chatting with friends really than anything else and even to this day we're still we're still friends with them 
that's really nice that you sort of had that. It sounds like it was fairly sort of straightforward and reassuring in that regard. And so um, I guess, you know, you, you approached, you've got your social workers. How did that assessment process go? Yeah, it went really well. It was, um, they kind of laid out how many weeks it would take and things like that. And we organised appointments well in advance of them coming. And um, we were well prepared about what they were going to ask in the next session and things like that. They, they always told us, right, next week we'll be talking about your family, we'll be talking about your finances, that type of thing. So I think we were we had a good idea of, of what they were going to ask. So it, it went really well, actually. That's really, really nice. Did you tidy up constantly or were you doing it online? It, it was uh, back then, it was pre-COVID, so it was all in person. So there was a, the house was spotless constantly. There was always plenty of posh biscuits in, <laughs> many cakes. And, and also fresh fruit, we, we decided when ashore that we do also eat healthily, not just sweets and cakes. <laughs> it's so hard, isn't it? I heard people say that they tidied the entire house to spotless, then they would like strategically scatter tiny bits of mess to suggest lived in. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Suggested. Yeah, it's such a weird process. So you went through all of that and then I guess you went to panel. How was your panel? Um, I think when we, it was the build-up to it, we were obviously really nervous. Again, not knowing really what to expect from it, even though they had the social workers had told us as much as they could about it. It was kind of one of them things. They did kind of reassure us to say, if we're taking you to panel, it's very unlikely that they're going to say no, but it's still that worry that what if they've found something that they've not told us about or something like that. But when we actually got there, it was just really kind of relaxed I think the worry was walking into the room and in front of about 10 people that we didn't know although we had the support of the social workers sat with us and actually they just asked us questions that again were stuff that we were prepared for so it was it wasn't as daunting as we thought it was going to be. It was also on on the day that we went to panel it was a glorious sunny day so when we were suited and booted it was trying not to to sweat and, and show even more, <laughs> more nervousness. Oh, poor things. Um, and did, how how were you told that you'd been approved? It was literally done in the same kind of meeting. It wasn't the case that we had to go home or anything like that and the rang us. It was literally, right, we've asked you questions. If you go away in that room, kind of call you back in. Um, and I think we only were out the room maybe 10, 15 minutes or something like that, called us back in and, gave us the news that we've been approved. Oh, that's lovely. How did that feel? Amazing. After all the preparation and everything, it was just nice to get the results that obviously we've been working towards. Yeah, and our social worker, we got a picture together on just after we've been approved, which went in our file that we kept and went towards our our, our book of book of memories and our preparation for when, when we were placed. So later on in years when when the child's older, we could go through and say, this is what, what we did, exactly what we did to get you, and we couldn't have been happier about it. Oh, that's absolutely lovely. Of course, we did go out and uh, have a... We were off work that day <laughs> and the next day, so we we had a nice trip to New York, didn't we? Yeah. And, that, and as I say, it was glorious weather, so we had a nice, nice meal, a nice couple of drinks, and just relaxed, and it was just nice to, to know that we were, were approved, and then... The next bit is just waiting for the phone call to say we've got a potential match. 
Oh, really? So how long was it actually until you got those phone calls? Or how long was it until you first were shown any profiles? Talk me through your matching. I think it was about two months from when we'd been to panel. I was working at the time when I got the phone call. I was at work um, till like eight o'clock on the night and they rang me and said like, oh, we've got we've got some news for you kind of thing. But I can't tell you anything unless you're at home with Matthew. So it was a bit like, oh, you can't tell me that when I'm like still at work for another two hours. No. <laughs> but anyway, we got home, rang the social worker straight away and basically said she had the good news that she had like a match. Um, and could she come round basically to show us like photographs and see like, well, give us the information basically of the child. So I think we saw her within the next day or so, I think it was. But yeah, it was, it just felt even more real than when we actually saw the photograph of our son, James. So what, you know, when we saw him for the first time straight away, it was, it felt right that he was going to be ours. That's really lovely. So just from seeing the photos and the the profile it just felt like a good match straight away yeah definitely I think it was just seeing his face I think that was the the first kind of moment when you knew that it was the right match I don't even think we took any notice of the information at first it was just looking at his picture it was like to digest it all and things before we listened <laughs> to what the social worker had to tell us <laughs> some don't show you a photo up front do they just for that exact reason you know that you get sort of a bit fixated on the photo and don't really listen to any of the words did you both feel the same way instantly oh yeah as soon as we seen seen the profile with this picture on the front we just we just knew there was a no there was a there was a lot of information to read through and we did actually read through it straight away as soon as our social worker left but there was so much information there and your mind was kept on flicking back to the front page to see his picture. So we read it a, a few times and and after that it was pretty the process was pretty quick. I think it was within a couple of days we had a, a meeting with uh the baby's social worker just to, to get it on, make sure that everyone was happy to proceed and and we knew then when we met met his social worker that everything was was right. It just felt right and everyone had the same the same feeling that this was a perfect match. Oh, how lovely. So how old was uh, your child when you first saw them, you know, when you were being shown those pictures and stuff? He was six months when we first, just just we, about five and a half months, six months when we first seen his picture. And then he was eight and a half months by the time we actually met him for the first time. So very, very little. Yes, extremely, yeah. Uh, a little dot when we first when we first met him, and uh, we were really lucky with uh, the family that was looking after him. They were amazing, and again, we're friends with them even today. We keep still keep in touch, and we've got a family app going on our phone where we just constantly post pictures of, of of the children and our all our family can see, and and their their foster family are also added to that. So. It's just like a closed app that we all have access to. So we're all still really close. That's absolutely lovely that you can still do that. So you said that um, your son was eight and a half months when you first met him. And so can you tell me about like how that was, what you thought? And was that during intros or was that an additional meeting? It was actually the first meeting. We'd just been for the medical to, to see the medical advisor. 
And originally, we were supposed to be seeing the medical advisor about five or six weeks prior to that. So that was a bit of a hold up. And it was supposed to be the week after we, we could go and visit the baby. However, as soon as we came out of the medical, uh, our social worker surprised and said, we can go straight away. So we went straight from seeing the medical advisor straight to foster carer's house. And it was the feeling of traveling there. It was about 20 minutes away from where, where we were at the time. And it felt like I was, but when we got there and knocked on the door, the, the foster carer, she straight away, she just placed James in our hands, in our arms straight away without even saying hello. <laughs> I think her exact words are, I think, I think he belongs to you. And oh, from, how lovely. from then on, it was, it was just amazing. And so you did that meeting and then how were introductions for you? Yeah, they were really good. Like I said, with the, the foster carers being so kind of open and everything, it was it was easy to like ask her questions and things because obviously we'd never done anything like this before. Neither of us had changed a nappy. So <laughs> even things like that, we were, you know, we were just able to ask her questions along the way. And she just kind of, obviously we had a plan in place to, to stick to like each day. We'd, I don't know, we'd be there on the morning to give him his breakfast one day we would go later so that we could put him to bed. It was all like a mixed bag, really, of what we were doing, but it was really, really good. She actually let us like take him out for half an hour just in the buggy, like for a walk around the corner, and it was, it was amazing. He was just like looking at us with these big blue eyes. It was I'll never forget that from just kind of the first time that it was just the three of us, and it was amazing. It was the only word I can think of, but honestly. <laughs> amazing were you able to relate to him as his parents even at that early stage or did you feel like something else at that stage I think straight away we we were introduced ourselves as uh, dad and daddy and uh Oscar was supported that and and spoke about us we had pictures we took pictures along with us which they kept around the house or he could even when we weren't there he could he could see us and they refer to us as dad and daddy. So I think straight away, I think we felt that bond as soon as as soon as we said that, and as soon as we met him, and the whole experience of that introduction was was amazing. We had the most wonderful foster family, and and again, again they had it. It must be a, an adoption thing where everyone always has cakes and biscuits, and because they had the best cakes <laughs> and biscuits as well. <laughs> it's hard all this talk of cakes and biscuits I'm meant to be eating healthily for a month and it's rubbish I can tell you that so no cake or biscuits here sadly at the moment <laughs> so I mean that it almost sounds like a sort of dream journey really you know that the assessment was straightforward and the panel was straightforward and intros were straightforward and that's really lovely because obviously sometimes people have various bumps and things but it's always nice to hear from people who haven't had that, sort of hear that, you know, it can be a very straightforward process. And so can you tell me about when you took your baby home and how it was to kind of arrive back at home as a family and, you know, what you did from there, really? Yeah, I think that obviously when we'd done the, the week-long introductions, it was the big job was to kind of get the, the, the house ready as well. So obviously we'd, we'd already done his bedroom and things like that. It was just a case of looking around and, looking for safety things. When we, when he first came to us, he seemed to just 
always be there. Like even after a couple of days, it was like he'd always been there. And when he wasn't, it was just like really quiet, you know, like and it was just nice to hear him like babbling on and things like that and just fitting in from straight away. I, I totally agree. It was it was amazing. It when he was at, staying at his foster parents' home, he never actually slept through and during the night through straight through he was always up a couple of times and i think when he arrived was on a friday morning when we when we brought him home by the monday night he slept through which just made us feel so much better knowing that he was at ease as well in his new home and surroundings and with us and looking back does it still seem that he was at ease because i know that sometimes people say when they look back at those early photos the child that they thought was at ease wasn't really i guess he was very young but did you with hindsight do you see any signs that he was finding it more difficult or do you still with hindsight feel that he settled just very quickly i think he settled really quickly like thinking back i can't think of anything that you know was any worrying signs or anything to say he hadn't settled i mean i, I suppose we second guesses we second guessed things because it was the first time we were doing everything with him so i guess like when he'd there were some nights where he'd be up two, three times a night and you'd think, what have we done wrong? Why is he not settled? But that, I think that's just normal parent worry. I don't think that's, there was nothing out of out of the ordinary for any of that. So I do think he settled in really well um, with us and then obviously with the extended family when, when he started to meet them as well. That's really nice. Well, how, what did they make of him and how did they all take to him? They were all just... I don't even know the words to describe it. They just couldn't take his eyes off, take their eyes off him. You know, it was just, it's such a beautiful kid. Like, honestly, when you just saw him, you just fell in love with him straight away. And it was just, it was lovely, especially like my mum. It was the first time she was becoming a, a grandparent. Um, so I think she just, she was amazed by everything he did, every little thing he did um, with Matthew's um parents they'd been grandparents like before um but they were still like amazed by the process that we'd gone through and to meet him and everything to say that he was part of the family and, yeah they just everybody took him under the wing straight away that's really really nice um and so you got home you got established into family life and then I guess somebody's phone rang it was actually, uh, it was one of our regular visits where <laughs> we had our social, both came around the first, a couple of days after our social worker and, and James's social worker. And then they'd done alternate, they're supposed to do alternate weeks for about four weeks. And I think it was the fourth week when the knock at the door, we were expecting one and, and there was there were two stood there. Oh. So <laughs> we were a bit worried actually at first thinking, why is has something gone wrong with the process? Is something going to hold us up again? Or we just immediately thought that there was something wrong. But at the end of the session, that's when the, they informed us that birth mother was, was pregnant again and that they would always seek to place the, the siblings with together and just to let us know really and let us think about it and... By this time, James had only been with us four weeks. So it was a, a lot to take in that all of a sudden we were a family of three, which 
could quickly expand to a family of four. Yeah, absolutely. So did you, I mean, was it a discussion you'd already had about what if there was a sibling? And did you feel anything instantly or did you just need some time to process what had been said? Yeah, we we always knew that day may come when a birth mother has another child. And we, also, we were also prepared for ourselves. We always knew that we wanted more than one child. And although we didn't expect it to be that quick, <laughs> when we were first informed or after we got over the initial shock, I think it wasn't very long before we got back to our social worker and said that, yes, we would like to be considered for to be for the baby to be placed with us. I think it was just a, a natural progression, really, that we knew we wanted to do it. And we wanted we had such a good experience with uh, James that there was no reason why we wouldn't want to do this again and expand our family even further but so quick after the first one yeah it really was like you said i think because we had that initial worry thinking you know james wasn't officially kind of adopted at that point so i think we were panicked thinking oh there's a delay here and then when the kind of threw was that it was uh totally unexpected we weren't expecting it um and it was just more so that they were what we were saying there like it was just more of an fyi at that point but it was very wow, we need to really think about this because it's really quick. But we soon we soon made the decision. Yeah, and it sounds like it was sort of already at least part of your life plan that that might happen. So I guess the timing was decided for you, but the fact of it sounds like it was the way you wanted to go anyway. Yeah, definitely. And when we kind of had the conversation about it, you said the only thing that was leaning us towards, maybe not this time, was the timing. But then we were like, that's not that's not enough to say no everything else was pointing towards yes so that's kind of what made the decision for us and so did that baby come to you straight away or did that baby go into foster care and can you talk me through sort of the process from that point yeah so when when the baby was born she moved into a foster family again and it was it wasn't the same foster family it was a bit further afield actually from where we are but again the baby social worker was really good at keeping us informed. Um, and when we got kind of her file again with a picture, it was similar to obviously what we'd done with James and it was just straight away we were amazed by the picture again and just <laughs> reading the information was difficult again, even though we kind of knew the background of the family, of the birth family. But once again, once we got a bit further along the lines and we managed to go up and and meet her and then just after that when we started to kind of progress a bit more then covid kind of started yeah so then it was all a bit up in the air as to what was going to happen because obviously nobody knew how long it was going to last what they were going to do with the children in foster care at the time because you know you weren't allowed to go in each other's houses and stuff like that so it was it was difficult it was just the not knowing and we'd been told previously that there was a chance that she was going to come to us when she was six months old. So we were nice. prepared for her to come even earlier than when we'd got James. But because of COVID, it then was delayed because obviously we couldn't do the introductions and things. And so how long was that delay? It felt like a long time. But when we look back now, we, we first met Chloe at the beginning of March and then 
we had all our uh, our sessions in, in place for introductions, which come to an abrupt stop when COVID and we went into lockdown. But it wasn't actually too much too much of a delay. It was around about six weeks, and the uh, the authority that the clay was was under had decided that we need to move forward. We can't not move forward with the process because we don't know how long COVID's going to, to last and no one knew what was going on at that time. So it was decided that as long as we isolated as a family for, for two weeks prior, then and if we were happy for a foster parent to come into the home, then introductions would take place at our house. So that's what we did, which started mid-May, mid-May 2020. So there wasn't too much of a delay. And that's good that there wasn't too much. But, you know, even what sounds like a short delay with hindsight, I guess at the time feels really long. Yes, definitely. If that, particularly as the situation was uncertain around the world. No one knew how long COVID was going to last. So we couldn't put a, a, a time scale on it where if we had a when we had that slight delay with James, when we couldn't meet the medical advisor for four weeks, we knew it was a four-week delay. In this situation, we didn't know how long we were going to be delayed for. And so at what point during that did you first meet your now daughter, you know? And um, how was that? We we met the first time at the beginning of March, and then when our sessions were cancelled due to COVID, we were lucky enough to have again a great foster family who were more than happy for to do video calls with us so in in between our first meeting and instruction starting we didn't actually see her physically it was all the uh, skype calls but we kept in touch with them we had we were doing two a week just to so she knew our face and we had a little chat with the, the foster parents see to just questions that we would have asked if we'd have been together so it was really nice that we got that time in as well. So even though there was a delay, we we made the most of that time as best we could. Yeah, and I guess everyone was doing their best in a lot of stuff, weren't they? So, you know, we just got through everything as best as possible. So tell me about when it finally was time for her to come home to you as well. So I guess when, obviously, when we'd done the introductions, like I say, it was, it was slightly different that it was in our house rather than the foster carer's house, which is what the normal process is. But it it was different because the, the foster carer was here and it was just a case of trying to get on with get on with the day as best as we could. But obviously it wasn't we weren't able to go out and things like that. So we literally were stuck in the house. But we've got a decent sized garden, so we were outside and things like that. And she was interacting with James quite well. And then as the week went on, um the foster carer kinda like well, he went upstairs out the way just so she didn't see him and things like that. So it was just really good. It was how they'd adapted it so well to because of COVID. It just worked really well. And then when she moved in with us, again, she was one that she'd never slept in her own room. She'd always slept with a foster carer. We were a bit apprehensive of putting her in her own room, but it was a case of let's just take the plunge and see how she is because actually it might work for the benefit. And I remember the first night she went down about eight, half eight, I think it was. And we, one of us sat in the room and just let her fall asleep so that she could see us because that's what she'd been used to. 
but then we didn't hear anything from her till half past seven the next morning so it was wow. just it, yeah it, again it was just nice to think she's she's comfortable enough around us that she's going to sleep like that really quickly really easily just with us sat in the room like not even interacting with her just so that she could see us so it sounds like it was um going really well at that stage and then how did family life progress how long has it been since then and how are things it was it was tough at the at the time when Chloe first moved in because previously when James moved in we had support of family and friends and everyone wanted to come and visit and meet up for coffee and go to the park whereas this time it, we were still in in sort of semi lockdown where we couldn't really leave the house but for that long and there was no soft play areas open things that we would normally do and we did do with James we couldn't do with Chloe so it was a bit harder to to adjust from that point of view because we felt like Chloe was missing out on things that that James got to do and I think when James first moved in he moved in in the February and we actually went on a family holiday in the June whereas Chloe, we couldn't we couldn't do that with her. We, it was totally a different situation. But I think that initial time when we couldn't see family and friends, it just embedded us as a family of four. So, yes. so that time was really nice. And, and luckily, we had the nice weather. And like Michael said, we have a, a nice big garden. So we spent a lot of time in the garden. Yeah, and, you know, thankfully there was some decent weather at the start of it all, wasn't there? So I guess we could all do that. But, yeah, it must have been very different. But I can imagine that that sort of enforced closure of the household, if you like, kind of helped with that bonding and that building of those bonds. Because it's more complex when there's more people. Yeah, definitely. So in a way, like, I suppose COVID did help us just become that family unit of four to start with before we started, you know, showing her off to everybody else. And, again, it was just when we were allowed and we could go into people's gardens and things like that we were doing that um and video calls and things like that but it was a long time before they were even allowed to be close to her to be able to pick her up and things like that but as soon as they were allowed and you know she she seemed to adapt to them really quickly as well like it didn't take her long to get used to everyone and there's quite a big family around us so um, there was a lot of people for her to get to know quite quickly and obviously because everyone was just desperate to see her and they the, the weren't allowed to at one point it was it was probably quite overwhelming at first for her but she did she did really well with it and soon soon got on with everybody yes we have a lot of uh, family pictures on the wall so she we were always showing her pictures and and quite often there'd be someone who popped up at the window to have a, a window visit um, so it was it was nice to, that even though we couldn't officially like, get together with people, you, you find your own way to adapt. And like a lot of people, with the help of uh, Skype and Teams, it, that helped as well. And so with the hindsight of the experience that you've been through, what would your advice be for people who are thinking about adoption? It's a very daunting process when, you, when you're first looking into it, but don't let that put you off. It is... Uh, an amazing experience it's an experience that we will always remember the, the process before we've made friends with our social workers the baby social workers we've met foster families who are amazing there's just so many amazing people out there 
so many amazing children who who for whatever reason are in that situation and just it's their opportunity and your opportunity to to become a family and it is just the best experience that we have even though it, you do you do think it's going to be take a long time and it is a thorough process which everyone understands it's got to be it is 110 percent worth it well that's amazing and thank you so much to both of you for sharing all of that with me it's been really interesting to hear about your story and about your two children how things are going so thank you uh, thank you it's been nice talking to you I'd like to thank my guests today, Michael and Matthew. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends. Follow us on Twitter at LGBT Adopt Foster and on Facebook, search New Family Social, all one word. Visit our website at newfamilysocial.org.uk. Adoption, Foster and Tea is produced by New Family Social. The presenter was me, Tor Doherty, with music from Matt Doherty. The producer was John Jenkins. We'll be back next time with more guests and more tea.